guys, you are listening to the Fans of Wrestling Show here on the FOW Radio Network. I am Patrick with Danny Danger and Mika Villas. We're back together again for another episode of the Fans of Wrestling Show. How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing good. Doing good. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's we're in the dog days of summer, I guess, uh, as, as June is kind of winding down to its close. So, you know, always some interesting and exciting wrestling come the summer. We're doing wonderful. We're doing great. Everything is just fine. You're doing wonderful, sweetheart. Wrestling is doing wonderful. We're doing wonderful. Let's go. All right. So let's go ahead and get started with WWE and Stomping Grounds. Of course, they had this show live on WWE Network on June the 23rd. Uh, it was Sunday. And uh, they had a show that some people were excited about. Some people didn't care about. Overall, I had... Uh, pretty much good thoughts about it. So here we go. In your pre-show, Drew Gulak defeated Tony Nese and Akira Tosawa in a triple threat match to become the WWE Cruiserweight Champion. Drew Gulak has been preaching about a better 205 Live. He has now been given the belt. Well, over the last several weeks, he's kind of changed um, from saying... He's been, you know, he's talked about preaching for a better 205 Live, and that hasn't gotten him to his ultimate goal. So he started focusing on making a better Drew Gulak. And by making a better Drew Gulak, you know, we saw, you know, you've seen on 205 Live, if you've been watching, he, he's kind of taken a much more serious attitude. He's gone to all black gear um, and, you know, kind of foregone some of his previous rules of going to the top rope. He's been, in, in, you know, throwing a superplex into his arsenal. Um, as well as some other things, and it finally paid off for him. I mean, he's one of the longest-running, longest-tenured guys on the 205 brand that has yet to be champion, so now here's his opportunity. He has the belt. He has the power. Um, can he make 205 Live better now that he is the one in control? That's the hope, because, again, some of the best wrestling and entertainment that you'll have Maybe not so much entertainment, but to a follow-up, they have great athletes. They're just not crossing over to that WWE universe. We cannot break the threshold here. So perhaps Gulak has something in him that they see that will kind of get that crossover to have the WWE universe buy in more to two five live. Here's hoping. But I know these people, short attention spans and yeah, lack of direction. We're not gonna see a better two five live yet unfortunately not that it's for the athletes fault it's the wwe's fault so with that said i think that uh drew gulak uh is a very good choice uh to uh lead the division uh, i think that uh he's a very good pro guy and a guy who's actually uh, over uh necessarily not babyface but uh, as a heel and i think i think that this could work in the meantime, until they continue to con- to build the stars of tomorrow on uh, 205 Live and bring some of the smaller dudes up to the main roster. So then opening was Becky Lynch defeating Lacey Evans to retain the Raw Women's Championship. No doubt here, the man remains the man. Uh, of the women's division continues to be a huge star. She looked great against Lacey Evans, had a very good outing, and she continues to be 
Over's Rover. Well, yes, she continues to be over, and of course, continues to put you know together the 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 persona and the the ring work that that made her so successful. But it seems that WWE is kind of losing faith in her as uh, as her own character. I mean, part of that being you headlined WrestleMania, historic ever. You you know the first person to pin Ronda Rousey, also historic. Um, and now here we are opening. Uh, random middle June uh, show on the network um, fighting, you know, a still relative newcomer in Lacey Evans um, and having to pretty much carry her. Lacey looked really bad. There was quite a few spots where, where Lacey's inexperience was well apparent. Not really sure what they're doing. I mean, as we, as we see later in the show, it seems they're, letting the real world dictate their storylines, which is, which is okay to an extent, but it seems a very far removed from the character of the man, you know, to be, you know, to be kind of as part of a power couple. I mean, we'll see where it goes. It seems they're setting up a mixed tag match for extreme rules. Um, I really hoped that this would be the last time we'd have to see Lacey Evans in a higher profile match, but, Unfortunately, that's not the case. WWE is huge on Lacey Evans. I think it's the look, that blonde hair, that statuesque figure, and the story that she's a former U.S. Marine. That being said, they don't care about her lack of wrestling. This match with Becky Lynch, Becky did tremendous in my opinion, because I've watched the matches with um, Lacey with other people, and it's just apparent that she's kind of lost. Becky was able to kind of slow down and keep Lacey with her as much as possible while they were in the ring. It wasn't the drizzling poops for this match, but my gosh, it was horrible. Um, But again, WWE is sold on Lacey, her look and that story. So we're going to continue to see that Becky is not in the back burner yet. Um, I, I, I just, it's weird to me, like you were talking about earlier, how they've got now um, maybe less faith in her and who's writing this stuff. I honestly think that there are some old school role players who've gotten jobs with WWE and they're making their fantasies come to life here with this this craziness that's happening. But um, Becky's still over like Rover, like you said. The match was passable and it was in the right place considering that only half of the match was skilled. The other half was just trying to play, you know, just trying to keep up and, and, and literally look good, not by the moves in the ring, but not to muss up her hair. So um, opening match, yes, I think that they probably want to put it pre-show if they could have, but pre-show would have gotten a lot more eyebrows raised than where they placed this one in the opening. So the card placement, but yeah, let's let's get Lacey Evans down to the performance center, to the power plant, to I don't know where, but she needs a whole lot of polish real, real fast. Next up, we get the New Day going uh, tag team action against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. The real best friends are together again. And KO and Sami Zayn steal this one from uh, the New Day. Uh, of course, Biggie and Xavier looking uh, as good as always, but Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, I think, since they've been back, uh, have been working great. And 
don't look like have missed a single step. Yeah, no, I mean it was a fun fun tag match, like you said. Biggie and Xavier looked great. You know, Biggie had taken time off. This was you know his his highest profile match being on part of a the network show since uh, since returning. Um, he looked great as well. Looked in great shape. Uh, but you know the the dastardly tactics of of KO and and Sammy uh, just a little too much for the new day here. Not sure where this continues. I'm not sure how this continues. If Sammy and Kevin are trying to reposition themselves for uh, shots at Kofi and and his title, or or uh, if they're kind of moving away from from the new day to start ruckus somewhere else. I'm not really sure. The New Day doesn't need to win matches to be over. They continue to be over, especially against the likes of Sammy and um, KO. This was a good return match for Big E to kind of get him, you know, knock a little of that ring rust off of him and get him kind of back in the flow of things. But Sammy and uh, KO need to continue to build their heat coming off of their respective injuries. And what better way to do that than to put them out there against two of the big beloved guys um, out of three in the New Day. So, and I was expecting the Heels to win. They won. Everybody did their jobs. Good match. Next up was my match of the night where Ricochet defeated Samoa Joe to become that new United States champion. Now, Samoa Joe, being Killer Joe, everybody knows, uh, man, he definitely tried to kill Ricochet and had me scared at times. Man, that match was great. Two of the best going at it. Fantastic match. Ricochet, of course, victorious. This was one of those matches that I actually forgot was happening. Um, you know, I forgot that Ricochet had done whatever he had done in order to earn himself a United States Championship shot. Not that people really earn themselves title shots much anymore. They just kind of just they just kind of challenge somebody, and it usually gets accepted. Um, you know, Samoa Joe drops the title, and we were curious to see where he was going after that. Um, you know, what does that mean for Samoa Joe? We see that he may be the one looking to challenge Kofi Kingston Extreme Rules. Um, so, you know, you can lose a match and then and then still get uh, a title shot for, for a higher championship. You don't really have to prove yourself. Um, you know, you just have to say, oh, yeah, I used to be champion of this, and now I'm going to beat you up. And they go, okay, cool, we'll give you a belt. I mean, that's pretty, or a belt shot. I mean, that's pretty much what Dolph Ziggler did. He was gone for so long, and he just beats up Kofi and he leapfrogs himself to the front of the line because of that. So, um, you know, Samoa Joe can play that game too. He can, uh, he can beat and break you with the best of them. So a little sad Samoa Joe lost, but seeing that Samoa Joe is moving into another title program, uh, higher up on the card. I mean, of course, thanks to the wild card rule, he's able to challenge for the championship on the SmackDown end. Um, but, Happy to see Samoa Joe uh, featured predominantly still as as the killer he is. I call this uh, this outcome this match um, as there was some um, there was some stuff about Ricochet that came out about his personal life and what have you. And you know, I said WWE is going to kind of step up and give you something else to talk about. And they did. They had Ricochet in there with Joe and 
Joe tried to kill him. And Ricochet, he overcame. He was just, you know, pardon the, 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 the name here. He was just phenomenal in the ring. Um, getting up and taking Joe's offense. Joe taking his head off several times during this match. And, but again, the, the company is high on his athleticism and anything else is just out the window. At least that's what it appeared to be as they put the title on him um, at this pay-per-view. So it was, it was a really great match. And like you said, it was Joe's a killer. And to watch Joe disassemble anybody is just, it's like watching a violent crime happen. You're not supposed to like it, but you kind of sort of do and you can't look away. Uh, this was a great uh, outing or coming out party for Ricochet to show that he can take that real beating and keep on ticking. And it also, again, elevated, like you said, Joe's status as one of a, a legit killers out there today. Next up, tag team action again. WWE SmackDown Tag Team Champions Daniel Bryan and Rowan defeat Heavy Machinery. And uh, I thought the match was pretty good. Uh, and it, it was nice to see uh, a team that doesn't usually get featured in main title matches uh, get get a match here. You know, I I can only see. You know the Usos get a title shot, you know, every single time. Is it the the, the the Usos or the New Day? And so it was refreshing to see Heavy Machinery get a title shot here. Of course, unsuccessful. Through New Daniel Bryan and Rowan continue to uh, defend Planet Earth. I mean, I like Heavy Machinery. Um, you know, I I like some of their stuff in NXT and. They seem to be starting to connect with the crowd uh, fairly well. They put together a pretty good match. Um, I didn't really expect them to win, um, as as they didn't. I think that you know, people on SmackDown were probably a little bit happier to see the SmackDown titles on the actual main card of the show rather than on a pre-show, where it seems they've kind of sat for a few months. Um, but it was a fun match, you know. I mean. Never been exceptionally high on Rowan. I mean, he's he's not bad, but he just doesn't really do a lot to stand out. But I think the pairing of him and Daniel is is starting to work. Um, they're starting to 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 look good as a team, and uh, this match was would help showcase that heavy machinery getting that that pay per view spot. Like you said, it's it was interesting. It was better than seeing another Usos or even New Day in that spot. Um, Daniel Bryan is, I don't want to say wasted in this position because he's helping to elevate at least the other people in this particular matchup. Like you said, Rowan, Rowan has been on a, a kind of lost um, after the Wyatt family. And so now he's got Daniel Bryan there kind of as the guiding light to kind of get him more uh, mainstream, I guess, exposure than he would have gotten in a, a trio like the Wyatt family where Bray was, you know, the one who was just out there and more prolific for people to, to connect to. I, I like the planet's champion. I, I kind of like his silent redwoodness. And again, heavy machinery. I did not get, I did not get them in NXT. And I'm just starting to kind of 
get hip and down with them right now. They're funny and entertaining, but they also can go. So good job by them to kind of get that first pay-per-view uh, match under their belt. And let's see where the WWE takes it from there. Cause we've got real tag teams out here now. Now you gotta, you know, get some belts on real tag teams and let them go. Next up, the goddess of the WWE, Alexa Bliss with Nick Cross by her side. Attempted to dethrone Bailey as women's champion. Of course, unsuccessful. I guess partly you could blame Nikki Cross there for getting involved. Uh, otherwise, uh, we'd have uh, a new champion. But nonetheless, Bailey retains. And I thought it was a pretty good match. Yeah, no, a fun match. You know, Nikki getting involved, of course, added an extra fun element to it. Um, Curious to see where where Bailey goes. I mean, there are many other women on SmackDown who realistically are kind of fighting for TV time um, who who could be pushed into a spot to, to challenge Bailey. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I know Alexa's been cleared, but then she gets kind of they tell her to kind of take a step back and cleared. Um, so I don't know if if you know having her work a um, some kind of crazy gimmick match at Extreme Rules would be the best for her health long term. I mean, it's not really best in anybody's health, but especially if you kind of are balancing back and forth with what I pr- what I assume are concussion issues. I don't think I've heard one way or the other what the the ongoing kind of thing with Alexa is. Um, so I don't know if maybe you put Nikki Cross against Bailey, you know, in a in a in a false count anywhere or some kind of match like that. Um, at Extreme Rules, just to kind of save the extra possibility of wear and tear on on Bliss. Because, um, you know, I mean, she's still doing well with her uh, Moment of Bliss segments. Um, it definitely helps that she can wrestle and get in there and still uh, tackle that, too. But she still always manages to get over um, as a character with her segment. Uh, so, yeah, no, I mean, so far the Bailey title run is, is okay. But I, I feel like there's just there's so much going on with the women's division, and yet again, it seems like so many of them are fighting for space. As you have this kind of view that that stay there at the top. Um, so I don't I don't know what's where the women's division goes from here, where SmackDown's women's division goes from here. It seems stacked after we after the superstar shakeup, but with the wild card rule, it kind of throws things around. And um, I don't yeah I don't know. This was, of course, uh, two professionals, three if you include Nikki, kind of going at it out there. So this was a far cry for me from the opening match, which had the Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch on there, where it was just kind of, it kind of made me wince some spots watching Lacey, where we had Alexa and Bailey and Nikki out here doing their thing and and making it look good and kind of giving, you know, kudos to the women, like you said, on SmackDown, who are out here busting their butts week in, week out. Bailey's title reign, so far they've been trying to make this Bailey a new Bailey, kind of a more serious Bailey, less of a pushover. And I don't think it's worked. It, it doesn't resonate to I think the WWE or hell to me, to the audience. I, I don't see that in this person who they've pushed so long as this friendly kind of 
little girl next door kind of deal. So um, now with Alexa kind of in the title picture with Nikki at her side and Alexa clearly using Nikki to further her cause to become a, you know, 800 time champion. It, it makes it fun. It makes it exciting because you don't know the dynamic they're going. I think Nikki Cross is really going to get in here and shock a lot of folks and perhaps, you know, pick up, maybe she's the one who's using Alexa to, to get into that title picture. So there's a couple of different ways they can go with that, but the, the match itself, very solid match from the, from the ladies. They, they did what they needed to do. And, um, I kind of like all their segments together. I'm actually thinking about getting an Alexa bliss coffee cup. That's how much I'm, I'm digging all this. Next up we get Roman Reigns defeating Drew McIntyre, Shane McMahon in his corner. The match is good. Once the match was over, I said to myself, good, this means the feud is done. Well, as we learned on Monday night, not not so. And now, uh, well, um, they've added The Undertaker. And at Extreme Rules, we'll get The Undertaker and Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon and um, Drew McIntyre. Uh, so, interesting, though. I, I did enjoy the match. Uh, uh, and... Yeah, it, 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 it was a, it's a very good match. I was hoping that this would be the end of it. But, I don't know. We may see Roman Reigns and Shane McMahon still going at it through uh, through the end of the summer. And uh, that's uh, this could be a very interesting thing to see there. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we knew the match was going to be good. Um, you know, they've these two have put on some hard-hitting affairs against each other before. Um, you're adding the different... Elements of Shane McMahon running around, etc., made the match a little bit more interesting this time around. But yes, it's not the end of it. I'm hoping we kind of go to SummerSlam and maybe they do some big gimmick match between Roman and Shane, and that's the end of it. Um, honestly, really just tired of seeing Shane on TV. He just eats up a lot of TV time. It doesn't really do that much. Um, you know, thanks to the wild card rule, he can do. He can. He can be on and do television segments on both Raw and SmackDown for 20 minutes plus each. Just kind of ready to, to see Shane McMahon kind of take a little bit of a backseat. Um, but, you know, I mean, he's he's the boss's kid. He kind of runs, you know, he somewhat has his say, so I, I don't think he'll be leaving TV time any, anytime soon, unfortunately. If a McMahon or a Helmsley is not doing at least a 20-plus-plus minute promo on the show it is not raw it is not smackdown it is not wwe if a mcmahon or a helmsley is not the quote-unquote major heel or bad guy on the show and is it really wwe universe or um programming i think not they are keeping true to themselves by keeping a mcmahon in the forefront as the, the boss bad guy and the ultimate good guy, in this case, Roman Reigns, um, you know, out there fighting against the man, not Becky Lynch, but the man holding you down. In this case, a McMahon. This formula is tired. I like Shane. I really do. I've liked Shane for years now as we watched him jump off of stuff and jump across rings and steal moves and shuffle and, you know, show us his, his tennis shoes week in, week out. I'm tired of seeing him on my TV only because I'm tired of seeing him fight Roman. 
I don't know if this is because Roman is back from fighting, you know, cancer and it's a quote unquote easier match to do with Shane. Um, with your addition of, of McIntyre and every now and then, you know, give it that legitimacy where this big Scottish bat man beats on you. But I want it over as well. I'd like to see, um, I'd like to see McIntyre actually get his due. It's time for him to chase for a bigger titles and not chase behind Shane McMahon or next to Shane McMahon. But it, it was a good match, but it's, very rare that we say that Shane had a bad match. So I'm not surprised at all. I'm just wanting it on and over. Next up was a 20 minute match. Kofi Kingston defeating Dolph Ziggler uh, in a steel cage match for the WWE championship. Uh, Kofi uh, escaping, flying through the cage. Uh, Very dangerous spot there. If landed incorrectly. Uh, but luckily, Kofi survived, retained his championship. I, I don't understand why they give a dull Ziggler match so much time. Um, you know, it's, it usually reminds me of the when I'm at the dentist and I feel like, why are they doing so much on, on, on here? Uh, I feel like, you know, they're, they're just the game pay by the hour and trying to, to get as much money as possible. Uh that's how, that's how Dolph Ziggler match feels to me. But alas, it was a match to keep uh, Kofi over as champion. Um, my favorite part of the match was its ending. Yeah, I mean, Dolph is... I mean, Dolph is good. It's just that he's his character is so hit or miss. He's up at the top, he's down at the bottom. He's up at the top, he's down at the bottom. So it becomes difficult to sustain him or see him as believable as a top contender for long. Um, you know, I, I don't really think that anybody thought that Ziggler was going to, going to take the championship. And, you know, in, in this feud, um, I assume it's, it's kind of ending as it seems Kofi's moving on. Um, I don't know what's next for Dolph. Don't really care. Um, you know, Dolph is good as a middle guy, as a secondary championship guy. He can definitely deliver as far as athletically. Um, you know, in bigger and longer matches. But yeah, I'm kind of with you that sometimes Dolph Ziggler matches when they do go longer, you know, they're going longer. Like it feels like they drag sometimes. Um, but you know, Kofi, uh, stays champion and moves on to, uh, you know, his toughest physically, his toughest test as a champion, as it seems, you know, as he's going against, uh, Samoa Joe at Extreme Rules, which I'm very excited for. Yeah, I'm going to leave Dolph Ziggler alone, okay? Dolph may be not the person that we want as a challenger for Kofi or what have you, but Dolph is a person that Kofi needs. You need somebody that nobody is just loving right now that's not necessarily a heel, but just... They're whiny, they complain, they feel entitled, and you're just like, oh, go away. Dolph is doing the job in every sense of the word. Uh, Kofi's able to retain, to get in there and be athletic with someone who is equally athletic, so it's not a, a struggle for him, seeming like a, a smaller guy or a um, really super underdog-type champion. 
Um, they're able to make Kofi look stronger um, with Dolph because Dolph, if Kofi snapped his fingers Thanos style, Dolph would have figured out a way to like disintegrate into nothing. He is great at what he does in the ring and making other people look good. Um, I know the character is not something that's able right now because he kind of came out of nowhere um, to jump into this feud with Kofi. But I like Dolph. I like Kofi as well. And it's going to be a shame to see Samoa Joe beat on him um, because that is what I anticipate happening next. And whether or not Joe wins the title from Kofi, I don't know. But what I do know is it, it will be one hell of a match like the steel cage was, especially the ending. Um, I've never seen a man. I've never seen a man come out of his shirt like Shane did. Now I've never seen a man just literally fling himself out of the cage. So, um, Kofi Kingston still champ and moving on to, uh, someone who is a killer. Let's see if pancakes will beat, uh, and in your main event of the evening, Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. I gotta say it again, Baron Corbin in your main event. For the Universal Championship, uh, this match, of course, ended up being uh, a no disqualification and no count out match as Lacey Evans uh, was chosen as a special guest referee. Of course, as soon as she came out, we all knew what was going to happen, and it happened. The match was what it was, but at the end of the day, the champ and the man stood tall as Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch fought off Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. And as uh, Danny mentioned earlier, uh, we're going to see uh, Seth Rollins and uh, Becky Lynch uh against Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans in a mixed tag team match at Extreme Rules. Winner takes all. If Seth and Becky win, then Baron and Lacey get no more championships. But if they, if either Rollins or Becky lose, both titles are gone from their possession and we'll have new champs. Uh, yeah, you guys can give me brief thoughts on the match, but of, but the, another question I have coming out of this is, are Rollins and Lynch the new Cena and Nikki? I mean, they they certainly seem to be trying to kind of make them the new, the, the power couple. And that's what I'm saying. It seems out of character for Becky to have somebody as a power couple, um, given that the man is supposed to be independent and all this. And, and you know, word came out that they were dating, etc. And I guess, you know, fans fans want to see them interact together like a power couple, like a celebrity couple. But yeah, I mean Lacey Evans was a bit of a surprise at the guest referee in that match. Um but yeah, one as you said, once she was out, we knew that at some point Becky would be coming out as well. I don't really think that anybody thought Baron was gonna win. And Baron's a guy like Dolph Ziggler. He's good at what he does. He's good at, he, you're not supposed to like him and he's very, very good at making people not like him. Um, you know, as far as the character, the persona, you know, even on social media, he just kind of seems to be good. He just kind of enjoys kind of trolling people a little bit, but without going too overboard. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't see him as championship material, especially not right now, maybe someday down the line, but, uh, 
you know, Rollins looks good coming out of the match and then, then sets up for this extreme rules winner take all kind of thing, which unfortunately means that Lacey Evans will probably also be in the main event or much higher on the card than she really deserves. But I guess within a tag match, you can kind of hide the, uh, the weaknesses of, of all the people involved if need be. Um, hopefully they're able to kind of mask that within that match. Um, and then hopefully both people, both Rollins and uh, and Becky, can move on to different challenges. Yeah, the uh, the match where Lacey got to be their special guest ref. I mean, we knew what was going to happen. What I was hoping would happen was Seth would beat her with a chair, put us all out of our misery. But no man or woman violence as such. Why? Whatever. Um. I, the match was, it is what it was. And then putting Becky and Seth out there as a new power couple. Um, I think the WWE likes that dynamic because it was successful as far as Cena and Nikki Bella are concerned because people outside of the sports world pay attention. This is how total Bellas and total divas all came about. Um, and the WWE of course is cashing in on that reality. So here is Seth and Becky, a real life couple, a real life couple that people like and are interested in. Becky being historic, being the first woman to pin Ronda Rousey in the WWE and beat her, um, being uh, one of the women to main event of WrestleMania. That's just built in as far as the WWE is concerned, as far as um, outside media. So, of course, they are pushing hard. The fact that Seth and Becky are boyfriend and girlfriend and where in years past people in relationships, you didn't hear about that. If they, you know, partnered them up, it was just, you know, they kept them separate components. Becky, this again, I said this earlier about who's writing these segments for them. This is just a weird thing where Becky's calling herself the man and calling Seth, you know, the man came out to save her, her man. It's just, that female dominant thing where back in the day, you know, somebody was writing role plays and the WWE has found this, this weird role play stuff and they're putting it out there for all the world to see. I don't think Becky's losing her character. I think they're gaining a whole new dynamic with this female dominant role that's happening. And poor Seth, um, especially on Monday, I, I felt like Seth got emasculated to a point because Becky was just so lack of a better word, just so dominant out there um, that she shoved him out of the way. So I, I don't know where poor Lacey and Baron are going to wind up, but I would not be surprised if Becky is the one whooping everybody's butt come this Extreme Rules pay-per-view, especially Baron getting in his face and, you know, fighting him, beating him down. Who knows what's going to happen? Hopefully no more title shots. Uh, so yeah, this this show was decent. It had a great match. Uh, the rest of the show was definitely serviceable. So I'm going with the standard B for my grade for stomping grounds uh, because you know it's just uh, it it was it was okay. It was good to see. It, it was above a C. It was above average, especially because of that Samoa Joe Ricochet match. But that's where I'm at. B. 
Yeah, I could safely say a B, and I mean, pretty much for your reasons, you know, it was, there was some okay stuff, there was some decent, you know, but nothing, not enough that really pushed this show to anything more than just kind of middle of the summer type show. Um, you know, it was apparently poorly uh, attended. Um, the, you know, a lot of people have kind of been giving it mixed reviews. Um, but I mean, it was just kind of a big, a bigger show to push storylines, you know, forward for the rest of the summer and into SummerSlam. There are only nine matches on this card, including the pre-show. I think um, for WWE pay-per-view, it doesn't seem like a whole lot considering how how the night progressed. Um, I think that if I had to give it a grade, it would be a C because I saw some stuff that was good, but for the most part, I didn't see enough um, for a pay-per-view. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. All right, so moving on uh, briefly here, uh, WWE related news. Uh, you know, Evolve, uh, which has been a promotion that has been somewhat feeding talent, uh, working as a sort of developmental program for WWE. It has uh, made a big, big, big announcement as for the first time ever, an independent wrestling show will be featured on WWE Network. Uh, they made this announcement that their 10th anniversary show on July 25th for Evolve will be broadcasted on WWE Network. First time ever that an independent show outside of WWE will be on the network live. Uh, and so far announced, Adam Cole will be defending the NXT Championship against Akira Tosawa. And Matt Riddle and Drew Gulak will be wrestling each other uh, in a reunion of Catchpoint. Uh, of course, those two uh, me- former members of Catchpoint in Evolve. Uh, but yeah, kind of big. And I think that there have been rumors about uh, Vince McMahon bringing other companies that were affiliated to uh, WWE to be on the network. Uh, but we've never really seen anything. This, I think, might be the beginning of that, uh, and and a good test uh, to see how that works. But th- this is big news, especially if it's very successful, and there's a lot of people who watch it and they're interested in it. That we could see more independent shows, uh, smaller shows, a-, a-, a la the way the UFC does with their Fight Pass, where they have other smaller companies on their streaming service. But yeah, Evolve on the network, it's a huge deal. Well, I mean, it's a huge deal for independent wrestling. And um, yeah, I mean, like you said, very testing the waters because there was rumors that the WWE Network would be moving to kind of a tiered pay system. And with the, the premium service, you would have access to some of these other shows like Evolve, possibly Progress um, in the UK and, and maybe some other promotions as well. Um Huge news, but I mean, some of the, of course, that show happens to 
to be happening at the exact same time as the next All Elite Wrestling show. Uh, the exact same day and time, they will overlap each other. So as much as it is a big thing for independent wrestling and all this, there is an aspect that they might have rushed this this idea forward in order um, to try and kind of work as a power play against All Elite um, to see and get the fans who, who might be divided to to watch the, uh, you know, WWE-branded show, be it, um, you know, loosely affiliated. Um, you know, but realistically, guys, they're all on streaming platforms. You can watch both. You don't have to pick one or the other to watch if you, you know, it's just kind of which one do you possibly want to watch live. But if you're a big enough fan of both wrestlings, then you will probably watch both shows within, you know, within a day or two. So it's not as big a deal as some people on Twitter trying to make it, I think. Some people on the social medias are saying, oh, you know, WWE's trying to shut them down. And, you know, it's a show that, that's supposed to help benefit, you know, there's it's benefiting uh, Fallen Troops charity or something like that. And WWE's anti the troops, et cetera, et cetera. You guys are kind of, you know, people are kind of blowing that stuff way out of proportion. But it is a little bit of a power play with WWE trying to show a show at the exact same time. Um, but you know, I mean, ultimately competition is good for wrestling and competition breeds better product all the way around. Um, so, you know, I would say that it's, it's good news. Definitely. You know, because it's also going to get people who want to try to get into evolve to, to up their game, to be, you know, independent talent, to up their game, to try to get and make these evolve events, which had already, many of them had already featured NXT talent. Um, but you had not been able to see those shows on the network. You had to go through uh, Evolve's uh, various platforms to get them. Um, so this is a huge, huge step um, showing, you know, WWE trying to to take over the independent wrestling territories. I said it before. You you mentioned what I said that WWE will and has tried to take over the territories. They've cherry picked a lot of their current new guys and girls on the roster from the independents. A lot of these guys and girls have gone through Evolve um, as that was one of their kind of, you know, scouting territories. William Regal um, and different other. Triple H himself have been to Evolve shows backstage watching the proceedings. So, this is a natural progression for Evolve as a company, but it also gives uh, a lot of independent wrestling kind of a, a wake-up call that you want to be ready um, and have a good product out there across the board. Before WWE was involved, Evolve had a good product. There was great wrestling. Now it makes it even more of a destination spot for independent wrestlers, as you said, as far as WWE trying to shut down AEW, eh, it may be a little bit of a, a jab and a poke because, let's face it, Triple H, you know, he's a man in that ego, seeing, uh, or maybe not seeing, but being constantly told about the sledgehammer bit that Cody pulled last time. You know, Hunter's not, Hunter's a bit petty. <laughs> Why not do a show at the same time? you know, using our talent plus this evolved talent and kind of, you know, jab, jab, punch, punch at you guys. 
Will I watch the WWE Network? Absolutely. Will I watch AEW? Absolutely. Who's winning here? Me as a fan, because there's more wrestling and there's more opportunities for me to watch some of the people I like on the independents move into that upper echelon when they get to the E or wherever it is that they're trying to go. But to kind of watch these guys, no pun, evolve is just good for wrestling all around. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what, what comes of it. But uh, yeah, it's great for independent wrestling and uh, names that that we know uh, that, that we have seen in the much smaller local shows will be featured on the Daily Network. As will brand new NXT breakout stars that we have loved uh, in the independence. NXT's breakout tournament is going to be airing, uh, and I believe it's just started uh, uh, in the tw- in this week's edition of NXT. And here is your bracket. The names are not going to be familiar until I translate them. All right, here's your bracket. You get Dexter Loomis, uh, who is, if I remember correctly, the former Sam Shaw from Impact Wrestling, going one-on-one against Bronson Reed, uh, who many know as Jonah Rock. Isaiah Swerve Scott, if that is not a clue, is the former Shane Strickland, going one-on-one against Cameron Grimes. North Carolina's uh, second favorite son, Trevor Lee. Angel Garza, known mostly as Umberto Garza, uh, going one-on-one against Joaquin Wild, uh, who is known in the independence as uh, DJZ. And Jordan Miles, uh, who uh, was the former... ACH going one on one against China's own Boa, who was uh, has been in a, in a performance center for a little a few years now. Uh, so yes, yeah, so there is your lineup. A lot of names that we all recognize, well, faces names. It's gonna take a hot minute to get used to, uh, but the names we certainly do know, and this uh, should be a really fun tournament to watch along. Well, I mean, it, it seems like a really cool idea. You know, these are people who who haven't really made their their impact on NXT TV yet. You know, some of them have been in the performance center a while. Some of them are are fairly new signees. Um, you know, the the former ACH Swerve and uh, uh, and Trevor Lee are all you know reported within the last few months to the performance center. Um, yeah, I think it's a cool it's a cool thing. I think didn't the winner is supposed to get a, a title shot of their choosing. Um, you know, on NXT TV, this whole tournament will be will be showcased on NXT TV, so it's a good way to help um, try you know put some of these guys out on TV, see who may be TV ready, who starts getting over with the crowd. Um, you know, I I think it's really fun. It's a cool it's a cool thing, um, especially as we've kind of talked over the last couple months that. NXT kind of needs a a bolster of talent. You know, they have a lot of people, but not a whole lot of people that can that are there towards the top. So if you bolster the bottom, in theory, that pushes that that forces some of the people that are kind of in the middle of the road 
to step their game up and move into top slots. Um, you know, but but any one of these people could be very well be former or a, a future NXT champion. Um, you know, we, remains to be seen how how well they do. Um, but like you said, we've seen you know most of these people uh, live in person on the independence over the last several years. Um, some more so than others. Um, but it, I, I'm really excited for it. I think it's a really cool idea, and I, I hope it, I hope it does well, and I hope it's received well. I think it's one of those things where kind of introducing a lot of these guys to the WWE universe is something that was a misstep in your 205 Live uh, kind of experiment where now you've got this tournament, much like you had the May Young Classic, where they're going to do all these nice graphics and stories and what have you probably to just kind of get people more in tune involved and caring about these guys as characters the ring work will be there we've seen them before on the independence we know who they are it's just the the wwe fans are not necessarily independent wrestling fans for the most part and they're going to need to see and buy into the characters for the for the individuals to be successful and I think that the WWE kind of is learning from their past mistakes and they're moving forward. And this is a great, great, um, hopefully a great stepping stone to integrating for the next batch of uh, independent stars that they cherry pick out into this universe. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what comes of it. All, uh, all the names we're definitely very familiar with and glad to see that they're getting it, you know, the opportunity and one of them will get a title shot for any uh, title of their choosing. So that's pretty cool. Uh, the names, I think I can eventually get behind. I know people will always hate about the names. But hey, you, you can't just keep everybody's names. You know, you got to make things your own. Uh, so yeah, the names will eventually uh, grow on people. And I, I think, uh, you know, that, that will be fine. But I, I, I look forward to seeing these matches. And uh, so, real quick, you know, we did mention AEW's having a show in July, but they're also having a show uh, this weekend uh, in Daytona Beach. Uh, and here are the matches. Michael Nakazawa versus Alex uh, G. Bailey in a hardcore match. Kylie Ray versus Leva Bates. Best Friends versus So-Called Uncensored versus Private Party with the winner getting a first-round bye in the AEW Tag Team Tournament. Yuka Suzaki versus Rio versus Nyla Rose. Christopher Daniels versus Sima. John Moxley versus Joey Janela. Adam Page versus Jimmy Havoc versus Jungle Boy versus MJF. Cody Rhodes versus Darby Allin. And The Elite. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid. Uh, hopefully that is your main event for the evening because that's going to be really fun. Uh, yeah. What matches are you guys looking forward to seeing? This is any of the show exciting. I think I'll, I definitely like the six-man tag. And uh, Moxley versus Janela is the one I'm really interested in seeing. For me, just because I've been such a fan of both of these guys for, for a lot of years, um, Christopher Daniels versus Sima. Um, I think that's going to, you know, both are kind of getting on up there in years. They're not as, as quick as they once were, but 
both men still know how to pull out some good matches. Um, I like that four way just because there is kind of a, some differing personalities in there, Paige and Havoc and, and Jungle Boy and MJF with the different personalities and they can make it a very, very interesting match as well. Um, you know, we in Atlanta have seen Darby Allen, you know, a, a, a fair bit. Um, and, you know, he's been on the independent scene doing main events against a lot of big names more, you know, recently against John Moxley at a Northeast wrestling. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested in that match too, um, to see, uh, Darby Allen get a big spot against Cody, um, see what, what kind of match they put together there. Um, as AEW is, you know, been hyping Darby Allen a whole lot as, as it seems that they want to use him as, as, a high-profile guy, so here here is his chance to shine. Definitely, um, definitely want to see Mox. Um, John Moxley is out here tearing up the independence. His promos um, back and forth with Joey Janela have been nothing short of kind of old-school Moxley and just Janela just being, I guess, as real as real can get as far as, you know, saying that he's got nothing to lose in this, that he's been out here making a name for himself while, you know, Moxley was out there playing Dean Ambrose. So the the War of Words hasn't gotten nasty. It's just gotten compelling for me. So I'm just really, really excited to see what those two bring to the table. Um, you've got kind of a, a, a passing of the guard, so to speak. The old guard back in his day was the one that was talked about being all wild and crazy. And Joey Janela has made quite the reputation for himself for being just that same way. So that, I think, is going to be a hell of a match. Darby Allen, we said it already. Darby is, <laughs> he almost has no regard for his own body, it seems. And I, I know these two have had a match before, but I've never seen Darby be more on top of his game than he is like right now in this moment. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he does out there. So again, that would be uh, AEW Fighter Fest, and it will be streamed live uh, on BR Live, and it will be free uh, streamed. Uh, so a free AEW show on BR Live, and for those outside of the U.S. on Fight. TV, uh, so that'll be happening there. Then the next day, here in Atlanta, Mucha Lucha Atlanta will have MLA 19 Dystopia, where the Lucha Brothers will be in action against uh, the promotion's uh, very own heel stable, La Anexion. So that's going to be fun for us to watch here locally in Atlanta uh, at 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday. Uh, but the Lucha Brothers, you know, making an appearance in Atlanta. They haven't uh, been here uh, since uh, they were here for, what, Super Bowl weekend, uh, if I remember correctly. So it'll be a treat. Uh, definitely uh, a lot of people uh, with their life, when we will all be there for it. Uh, and lastly... Before we go, definitely it's time uh, to, to, you know, when it comes to summer, it come, you know, we have to talk about the one thing that we all look forward to every year, and that is the G1 Climax. 
where some of uh, the best New Japan pro wrestling stars battle out for a chance to be in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. So the blocks have been set, and here they are. Block A, Lance Archer, Evil, Bad Luck Fale, Kota Ibushi, Kenta, Okada, Will Ospreay, Zack Sabre Jr., Sonata, and Tanahashi. Your block A. Uh, who are your favorites so far on this block? Block A, I mean, if the IWGP Heavyweight Champion is in block A. So if you, if you bet against Okada, you're probably losing money. Um, I mean, he is the best in the world. He is, um, you know, a, a legend in our own time. And and he's going to be in there, but I mean this this whole G one is very very stacked. There's, the G one's a wonderful time because you get a lot of interesting matches. I mean the the first night is July sixth, the final is on August twelfth. I mean it's it's over a month of wrestling, a whole lot of matches, um, and not only does it set the winner you know up for Wrestle Kingdom, but it kind of sets the rest of of twenty nineteen up. You know wins and Wins and losses here will affect future storylines. You know, anytime a champion gets pinned, they could possibly have to defend their title against that person. You know, Will Ospreay, the junior heavyweight champion, just winning at the best of the Super Juniors, made it to the quarterfinals of the New Japan Cup this year, now in the G1, uh, making history by, by be- doing all three of those in the same calendar year. Uh, he comes in as champion. Zack Sabre Jr. still has the Rev Pro. Um, British heavyweight championship. So if anybody pins him, he could be having to defend that title against them. Uh, Kenta in block A is outstanding. Very, very, very excited to see Kenta in New Japan. I don't know if he signed a long-term contract with them or if he's kind of just for the G1. I think that remains to be seen, but both members of LA, both, uh, you know, they've held the heavyweight tag team championships together. So they will have to fight to face one each other. Uh, one another in this this tournament in the block a there's no going around it uh, but you know one of the biggest things is that night one in dallas on july 6th your main event will be block a okada versus tanahashi for the first time ever in u.s soil um that in itself is huge and that in itself as opening the tournament is huge usually a match uh, with, the, with those two stars would be the last night of the tournament um so i mean that one you know they usually go in as the favorites tanahashi and okada tanahashi won the g1 last year um so i think you know whoever wins that first match definitely is going to be seen as the favorite uh going forward the rest of of block a you want to pick just one person out of block a i mean this is it gets better and better every year it really truly does so it's kind of crazy. Um, I think Danny said it all where this is just stacked year after year. Um, and you've got, again, uh, Okada is the man. Okada is the man on this side of the world and over on the other side of the world as well. It's hard to bet against him. Um, Kenta, I think Kenta's got something definitely to prove for sure. 
getting into New Japan and just kind of, you know, showing this is where I belong. So, I mean, Ospreys, Xavier Jr., Sonata, there's no picking out of this block. I mean, it'd be better. I know that I'm not winning block A. I can tell you that much, but uh, I've got a, a bunch of favorites in here. And I, I think you you do go with the, the gold of the Rainmaker and uh, you see if that's what happens. So that's going to be an interesting block there. I mean, you definitely have uh, the who's who here and all the different matches that we're going to have with Okada and Zack Sabre Jr., Tanahashi, Kenta, Ibushi. Uh, the list goes on and on. Osprey. And block B, uh, here uh, we have Jeff Cobb, Goto, Ishii, John Moxley, Naito, Juice Robinson. Taishi, Shingo, Jay White, and Yano. I mean, another another strong, strong block. You know, they say that that New Japan picks the twenty best heavyweight wrestlers um, in the world for the G One every year. Um, you know, they included juniors in Shingo Takagi and Will Osprey this year. Um, you, this is this year has the most first time appearances. Six different people making their G1 debuts this year um, is a record for for New Japan. Yes. Yes. I mean, Block A has has your star power, but I think Block B definitely has has a lot of a lot of great people as well. It's re- really difficult to bet against Jay White. I think he uh, he's doing so well. I mean, coming off you know he the former well the former former. IWGP, uh, the former IWGP heavyweight champion. I think it's hard to bet against him. Um, he just happens to be and kind of know counters and be able to slide his way into victories um, against you know the the best that New Japan has to offer. Um, so I think I have to go with as much as I like Tai Chi. I, I really really love Tai Chi. Um, Ishii comes in as as the open weight champion, Naito comes in as the intercontinental champion. Uh, Moxley is the United States champion. Um, I still think I have to go with Jay White to win uh, Block B. That's not a bad pick, a pick at all. I mean, Jay White has been on a roll, and New Japan has given him the platform time and time again, and he's just shown exactly how much growth and development has happened. Uh, in his tenure there from young boy to champion. So this one, this block B, I mean, I'm, I'm a Mox fan for those who didn't know, but you got Juice Robinson out there as well, who um, Juice coming off a loss, like coming off a huge, huge loss, might be the one to watch because he's going to, I'm sure, go all out and balls to the wall to make uh, a strong, strong showing in this G1 because, again, if he gets the pin on Moxley, if they, you know, meet up or what have you, he can be back in line for, you know, his title. But I think wherever or whoever comes out of this block the strongest, again, we as fans, we're, we're the ones who are winning here. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see uh, how it all goes down. 
Uh, but it will go down. Uh, the block B, some of the favorites for me, Jeff Cobb, Ishii, Moxley, Naito, uh, and Shingo. Uh, you know, JY, I'm not huge on, but, you know, he has shown that he can hold his own in, in the main event. So definitely a really exciting, uh, you know, pair of blocks here with A and B. Uh, could be anybody's game, but, you know, we've seen uh, many people here. Uh, you got to have Okada as one of your favorites. Tanahashi, Naito uh, are some of your former winners. Uh, and it'll be really exciting to see uh, these matches progress. Great kickoff uh, in Dallas and throughout the summer. So we can wait to see it. I hope you'll follow us as we watch. Uh, but we will be watching, but we won't be talking about it as as the show will be on a hiatus while the FOW Radio Network studio uh, is um, going to be out uh, in transition. And so while we move uh, to a new studio house, we will uh, be taking a uh, quick summer break for the month of July. We'll be back in early August. Um, so, but definitely follow us along. Uh, you have, you know, check out all the content we have on the FOW Radio Network. Uh, we're on Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, and tune in. Uh, and check us out on the Twitter machine at FOW Radio. Danny's on Twitter at Danny F in Danger. Mika's on Twitter at Mika Villas. I'm on Twitter at Yellowman. And until August, keep watching wrestling.